Motorola's new Razer cell phone has been one of the most impressive product launches in recent history. The backstory behind this creative success is fascinating. Not only did the product's design buck industry trends with its sleek profile and minimal features, it also bucked Motorola's own traditional development model. In Mapping Your Innovation Strategy, our second full-length feature this month, you'll hear about the breakthrough model that Motorola and others are using to ramp up product development and speed through what the authors call the fuzzy front end of innovation. The key, say the three authors, two of whom are associates of innovation guru Clay Christensen, is learning how to leverage disruptive innovations in the market. To a casual observer, American football seems pretty simple. You run, you pass, you kick, you pause an inordinate number of times for car commercials. However, any aficionado knows that football is, in reality, dizzyingly complex. A professional team's playbook looks about as thick as the Manhattan phone book. On any given down, the coach selects a formation and a specific play to run from that formation. All the players know their precise assignments for each play and how to adjust them if necessary. Good coaches know the keys to winning consistently in ever-changing circumstances. They need great playbooks that exploit the strengths of their rosters. They need to select plays on the basis of their opponent's strengths and weaknesses and the circumstances of each game. They must be prepared to adjust their game plans midstream. Players need to be flexible, too, ready to change on the fly in reaction to moves by their opponents. Teams that can accomplish these things week after week of a grueling schedule emerge as champions. Most managers would grant that creating innovative growth businesses is at least as complicated as professional football. Yet all too many companies approach innovation without a game plan that positions them for success. Instead, they take the strategies that worked in the past and try to execute them better, or they fumble in their search for markets that might welcome the technologies incubating in their labs. Ultimately, many companies come to some uneasy realizations. Their old plays are no longer effective. Their unsystematic efforts to create growth lead to random and often disappointing results. After repeated struggles, some managers throw their hands up and declare that bringing predictability to innovation is impossible. Indeed, there is a general sense that a fog enshrouds the world of innovation, obscuring high potential opportunities and making success a hit-or-miss affair. It doesn't have to be that way. Over the past five years, we've helped dozens of companies apply Harvard Business School professor Clayton Christensen's insights into disruptive innovation. Our work suggests that a few simple principles can help companies speed through the fuzzy front end of innovation. By creating a playbook for new growth, using it to identify the best opportunities, investing a little to learn a lot, and changing the corporate discourse, companies can develop a process that produces high-quality innovations more quickly and with much less upfront investment. Pick your playing field. Before deciding how to play the innovation game, companies have to decide where to play. The good news is that unlike professional sports teams that go where the schedule makers dictate, companies can choose to play in many different markets. But that is also the bad news. Too much choice can be overwhelming, and the innovation process can slow to a crawl if managers pursue opportunities that don't have a realistic chance of seeing the light of day. One way to narrow down choices is to clarify what the company won't do. For example, a newspaper company that was looking into the wireless market set strict boundaries, no gaming, no gambling, and no personal ads. 
The company knew those boundaries left promising growth opportunities on the table, but they also kept middle managers from wasting time on ideas that senior managers would ultimately kill. Paradoxically, these kinds of constraints can be liberating, helping to focus managers' creative energy. The search for new growth, however, can still be daunting. Most companies intuitively sense that the best place to look for growth is outside of, but not too far from, their core business. But where? We believe that strategies based on disruptive innovations have the highest chances of creating growth. Generally speaking, these innovations offer lower performance along dimensions that incumbent firms consider critical. In exchange, they introduce benefits such as simplicity, convenience, ease of use, and low prices. To spot markets that have a high potential for a disruptive approach, we ask three basic questions. What jobs can't our existing customers get done? As Christensen has pointed out, when customers buy products, they are in essence hiring them to get important jobs done. Companies can start the search for growth opportunities by examining why customers hire their current products. That understanding can point to related jobs that customers can't get done. Consider how software provider Intuit developed the insight that led to its massively successful QuickBooks package. In the early 1990s, Intuit observed that many people who used Quicken, the company's personal financial software, were small business owners. That was curious because Intuit hadn't designed the software to manage a business. The company realized that the job these customers had to get done was a simple one. Make sure I don't run out of cash. Software programs such as Peachtree that were designed for the small business market were generally packed with complicated functions like depreciation schedules, which small business owners found unnecessary.